0: Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. It's exciting to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. We truly are a family. You know, I I disappeared. (laughs) Am I too soft now? (laughs) Oh, goodness goodness. You know, a family, all of you have experienced family at some time, and sometimes family can have good days, and sometimes family can have rough days. But at the end of the day, we're family. And you know what? We appreciate every one of you, and I appreciate you. As I look out at this room, I'm just, you know, I was overwhelmed in, in service today, in, in the second service. And this happens occasionally to me. I was watching the folks uh, lead in worship, and I was just overwhelmed at how proud I am to be the pastor of this church. This is such a great church. You have such great hearts, and you know what? I really do believe that that God is going to use you to change not just Kingman, but the world, and in in many ways, we're already doing that, and so I just want to thank you guys so much for who you are and tell you how much we appreciate you. This morning, I want to minister again um, something on a very familiar subject, but something that I think bears to be repeated over and over and over again. And it's found, we're gonna start our, our, our text, it's found in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, start in just one verse of scripture, verse number six. And I want you to listen to this as I read it. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, this morning, what I want to do is, before we even dive into this subject, I want to take a minute, and I want to give you a perspective about that verse of Scripture. Now, admittedly, this morning, this is my perspective. But I believe that this perspective, through the rest of Scripture, holds water. Because sometimes, what we can do is, we can read a Scripture like that, and we can look at that, And we can interpret that scripture from a negative point of view. We can look at that scripture almost as a rebuke, that somehow God has looked down and he's saying, but without faith, you can't please me. And so sometimes when we're in that place where we are struggling and we've all struggled with our faith, We've all wrestled with issues of doubt and unbelief and we've wrestled with issues where we have believed God for a certain thing and it hasn't turned out the way we thought it did because God's ways are greater than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so sometimes we can have a wrestling match as it were with faith. And because of religion, we have come into a place where religion has made God very rigid. And when God becomes rigid, then we tend to look at him as punitive. We look at him as coming at us and saying, you're not good enough or you're not worth it or you're not making it or you're not getting it done. But my perspective of this is not in that at all. My perspective is that God is coming and he's saying, look at guys, I just wanna show you how life works. And he says, without faith, it's hard to please me. And the reason why is he looks at us and he says, you know what pleases me more about you than anything is when you are filled with my fullness, when you are walking in my way, when you are filled and satisfied with my goodness, That's what pleases me. And he says, and if you're gonna walk in that way, if you're gonna walk in that fullness, if you're gonna walk in that contentment, then you are gonna need to walk in faith. And he kind of takes us there. He goes, because when you come to me, you need to believe that I am and you need to believe and know that I will reward you. Your diligent search for me will be rewarded. This is not a rebuke. This is an encouragement. This is not coming, God coming on the scene and going, hey, you guys need to get it together or you're going to get, you know, the get right or get left story. This is, the, this is God coming and saying, let me show you. Let me, let me instruct you on how to live in my fullness. Can you say Amen. Now, I want you to think about that because without faith, if it's true that without faith, it's impossible to please God, then you know what? Without faith, it's impossible to live this life. I want you to listen to me. We meet faith in everyday situations. We meet faith in every matter at every turn. Faith is not isolated to the spiritual or to the Christian. Faith is something that I don't care where you come from in life. I don't care what your present condition is in life. Faith is something that we all use. If you go to the light switch, you have faith that you turn it on, the lights will come on. That's you, when you sat down in your chair you had faith that your chair would hold you up yeah. amen you somewhere you believed somehow somebody in the in the the past of your life told you if you sit in that chair it'll hold you up and you believed it and then for the very first time whether it was when you were 6 months old or whatever it was you engaged faith and you took your belief and you went that's faith You took your belief and you did something about it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, you don't have to be saved to have that reality at work in your life. See, you don't live life without faith. Can you say amen? You can't cash a check without faith. Amen. You you can't make a deposit without faith. Amen. You can't pay your insurance premium without faith. You can't go undergo an operation at the hospital without faith. Amen. It amazes me. I'm just going to get on a little bit of a bunny trail. It amazes me. I love doctors. So if you're a doctor in this place, please, I love you and I think you have, there's a great place for you. But listen, and I believe you are the hands of God at times. But listen to me. It amazes me at how much faith we will put in a medical procedure and how little we will put in God. Are you hearing me? (laughs) I'm going to get off that bunny trail real quick. But there is a reason why they call it a medical practice. If you're a farmer, it takes faith when you sow the seed into the soil. Amen? Every trade, every business, every government, everything that we do in this life is built upon faith. You have to have faith to do the simplest things in life. One of the great and brilliant astronomers of our generation is Professor A.S. Eddington of England. In his book, The Nature of the Physical World, he insists that it takes faith even to walk through a door. Now, he's an astronomer and a scientist, and he's going to talk about atoms and the speed of light and the laws of physics, but I want you to listen to him this morning. I want to read a little bit out of his book about what it is for him to walk through his front door. He says, I'm standing on the threshold of my front door about to enter my house. It's a complicated business. In the first place, I must shove against the atmosphere pressure of a force of 14 pounds on every square inch of my body. I must make sure as I step through the door, my footing is sure on the other side, knowing that the floor has no solidity and of substance. It is a variable hurricane of moving atoms. And it's kind of like stepping on a swarm of flies. Surely I could fall through. I must do this while traveling at 20 miles a second around the sun, hanging on a planet, heading out into space. And I am calculating intuitively distance, speed, time of travel, and a variety of other variables just to get through my door. He says, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle than for a scientific man to pass through a door. I love scientists. I'm married to one. I love them. I like the way they think. But you know, when you think about it for a moment, I'm not going to give you too much of a physics lesson, but I'll give you a little one. There is more empty space in an atom than there is solid material. So everything is made out of atoms. So in this solid pulpit, there is actually more empty space. Now, I don't know how all that works. I'm not a scientist. I I, I don't claim to know everything, but I know that for me to stand on this stage takes some faith. Can you say amen? And whether we understand it or not, faith is at the heart of all that we do. So the question is, if God intends for me then to live in faith, then how do I get the most from my faith? How how do I activate my faith where it has impact in life around me? Here's the thing, church. What I'm seeing not only in my life, and this is maybe a vulnerable admission to you about my struggle, is that oftentimes my faith, what I believe God for and have faith for, is not what I'm seeing well, maybe I'm alone in that, I don't know. But the reality is, I think most Christians have faith or they believe or they're stretching out, but oftentimes they're not seeing. And so we've got a question because when I go to my car, I have I have faith that it's gonna turn on. And when it doesn't turn on, I begin to wonder what's what's happening. Because God is true. He says, if you believe All things are possible to anyone that believes. If you believe it, that's his word, not my word. That's what he said. Now, we can either look at that and say, well, God, you didn't really know what you're talking about, or what we could do is say, God, you meant it, and so now I need to embrace it, and so how am I going to activate that in my life? So faith this morning, if we're gonna activate the kind of faith that brings about miracles, then faith begins first with anticipation. See, anticipation is the quality of heart that pushes us forward. It's the power behind hunger. Have you ever been hungry? I mean, really hungry. Maybe you're feeling that right now and you're looking at your watch going, dude, let's get out of here, man. We've had church. I'm hungry, it's time for a cheeseburger. I need to get going, you know? I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Have you ever been hangry? You know, angry, you know, it's kind of the cross between angry and hungry. And I mean, you're hungry. It's like there's something on the inside and then somebody comes up and goes, hey, let's go get something. Let's go get a hamburger or let's go get a pizza or let's go steakhouse or whatever is your, let's go sushi, whatever your flavor is. But somebody says something and they come up and they, they begin to talk to you about your favorite food. Your mouth starts watering and all you can think about is satisfying that craving and nothing can stop you from getting that craving. We've all been there, haven't we? We've all felt that anticipation. Well, let me tell you something. Faith begins there. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, I know this is talking in context about righteousness, but that statement holds true for every other thing. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst. Why? Because you will be filled. You can fill in the blank. You'll be filled. When you hunger and thirst for something, you will be filled. What Jesus is telling is blessed or happy are those who are hungry because they get satisfied. Amen. That's that in anticipation. See, the, many, the reason that many are, are not seeing so much from their faith is because they're just not hungry. Come on. Come on. For many of us, we've become bloated on other things and we're not, have you ever been bloated? Lots of times. You know, we're all here in a few days gonna experience the bloat. It's called Thanksgiving. We're gonna go to whatever relative we go to or maybe the relatives are coming to your house and food is gonna be presented and it's gonna be maybe, if it's a traditional Thanksgiving, you're gonna have turkey and mashed potatoes and, and stuffing and cranberries and you know green bean casserole and you know, on and on and on and on. You might even have some ham in there. If it's not a traditional Thanksgiving, you might have lasagna or maybe you're gonna do steaks or whatever, but you're gonna have food because Thanksgiving surrounds food you're gonna have food and you're gonna eat because everybody that morning throws off the boundaries. It goes, today it's a free day. Today is my day. I'm eating the way I want, the heck with the diet, I don't care, I will pay the price tomorrow. And you know what, we get full and then we're laying on the couch, you know, the endorphins are kicking in, we can only keep one eye open as we watch football and we become armchair experts and we we convince ourselves in that moment we're as in shape as those guys on the field and none of that's true. And then somebody comes along and goes, hey, you want a piece of pumpkin pie? And we go, oh dear God! It's like I don't know, I don't know. And so you got to think about it. See, when you're hungry, when you're hungry, you don't have to think about it. When I'm hungry and somebody says you want to eat, I don't, I don't sit there and go, well, you know, let me see, I need to make a quality decision. I don't do that. When I'm hungry, I'm halfway, their arm is halfway down my throat before they get done talking. I am hungry. I am hungry and I want to satisfy. And so somewhere though, when we get bloated with other things, when there are other things in our life, then we can kind of take it or leave it. It's like, well, I, I, I don't know. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Anticipation also involves urgency. Listen to me. When we experience anticipation, there is an urgency that flows. Our desires become important, critical, pressing, imperative, immediate. Amen. There is something, there was an anticipation. I remember dating Kathy. There was an anticipation. When I was not with her, I was anticipating being with her. I couldn't wait. She became the priority. I don't know why we lose this in Christianity. I cannot think of a day where I would not talk with my wife. I cannot think of a day where I don't commune with her and have relationship with her and are intimate in with her and, and that we share life together. And God says that is literally the reflection of what I want you and me to have. And so we see that in human relationship and we can see that. You know, have you ever noticed when young teenagers are are in love and they're walking down the street, they gotta, I mean, it's almost uncomfortable to walk that way. I mean, it's like holding on. It's like, what? let her go. She ain't running away. She'll stay right there. You don't gotta protect her. But there's an urgency. There's a priority. And so when we're talking about faith, we're talking about this intensity that says, God, I've got to have you. I've got to have this. I, God, I believe you, I, I trust you, I, I'm confident in you. Yes. When we're like this, everything else seems to take a back seat. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, through chapter 11, verse one says this, listen, it says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe in in the saving of the soul. Verse 1 of chapter 11. Now that we've established that, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. Do you see the connotation? Do you see the context? He's, he's talking about don't throw away your confidence, be urgent, be, be pressing, have anticipation, don't draw back, don't draw back, press forward. He goes, knowing that God's gonna do this, God, endure, press on, why? Now that I've established that, because faith then becomes the substance. Of the thing you're hoping for. You know what hope is? It's a really nice word for anticipation. Are you hearing me? Anticipation also involves excitement. Imagine your kids being told they're going to Disneyland today. You would stir them up, wouldn't you? If I called my 21-year-old daughter, if she's watching right now by Facebook, which she might be, she would know. If I called her up right now and said, hey, Amy, I'm sending you an airplane ticket for you to fly down. So I'm probably gonna get a call here in a little while. <laughs> I'm sending you an airplane ticket to fly down to, to Orange County, and we'll meet you there, and we're going to Disneyland for a couple days. I'm telling you, she would quit her job. She would sell her car, and we, we would see her in Orange County. She'd go, I'll figure out everything else when I get back. There would be an excitement. Think of it this morning, Christmas morning. How many have had little kids? They're stirred with anticipation. They can't wait because they know, they realize in the space of their imagination what awaits them. Let me tell you something. There is something called a sanctified imagination. Can you see it? When you get a promise of God, God says, I'm gonna do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or ask. When you get that word, do you see it? Do you anticipate it? Can you say amen? See, to get the most out of our faith, to activate our faith, it needs to begin with anticipation, a hunger, an urgency, an excitement. One man put it this way, we need today a fresh spirit of anticipation that springs out of the promises of God. Are you hearing me this morning? The second quality that helps us activate our faith is expectation. See, while anticipation and expectation are very much alike, they are not identical. The truth is, expectation is the full development of anticipation. See, what I anticipate, I expect. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What I look forward to with hunger and urgency and excitement, I grow confident, assured, and certain it will happen. Expectation is a fundamental facet of faith. One man said this, true faith is never found alone. It is always accompanied by expectation. The man who believes the promises of God expects to see them fulfilled. Where there is no expectation, there is no faith. In Hebrews 11.3, the Bible says this, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. What is he saying? We have an understanding, we have a knowledge, we have an expectation. Expectation. See, expectation comes both out of experience and knowledge. I have, I see, I have an expectation. Why do I sit in the chair? I expect it to hold me up because my experience is every time I've sat down, it has held me up. Why do I expect my car to run? Because every time I've turned it on, it turns on. Why do I expect the light switch to turn the lights on? Because when I hit the switch, the lights come on. Knowledge and, and, and experience. And so Jesus says, by faith, we have this. By faith, there is an expectation. I expect none of us should come to church without an expectation. Can you say amen? amen. We should not enter into this place and not expect the Holy Spirit to fill us up to overflowing. We should never come to this place and not expect the promises of God to be made manifest. We should never come to this place and expect that God won't do what he set out to do in our lives, that the lost would be found, the broken would be healed, bodies will be set free, the captive will be made free. God will move, we should expect it. Can you say amen? Are you listening to what I'm saying? One man put it this way, he says, expectation is one of the secrets of good success. Expectation is the mother of manifestation. Without right expectation, your future will be aborted. See, your expectation is your God-given ability to demand, to make a demand on your future. Your expectation connects you to the supernatural. Your expectation brings you into the miraculous. In Acts chapter three, verses one and eight, listen to these words. It says, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. I love that. I love the fact that what Peter did was got his attention. He says, look at me. So he gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I, give, I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaped and stood walking, entering the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. What, what is the thing that made the difference? Expecting to receive something. Yes. That's faith. That's how we energize faith. Listen, church, we get what we expect. Amen. If you expect nothing, guess what? You will get nothing. You'll get nothing. Anticipation, expectation. And the third thing is Participation. This cannot be looked down upon. We cannot, God never intended for you and I to sit and simply be consumers. The problem today with the American Western church is we've come to the place where we have the hired holy man. We have great entertainment. We have one-stop shopping. And we come in and go, serve me. That is not, nor has ever been the will of God. That is not Bible. It's not Bible. It's not. Every one of you have a place. Every one of you have a a contributing factor. Something that you can do and only you can do. And when you don't do it, something's missing in us. Are you hearing me? I'm not really sure what the pinky toe is for, but you cut it off and I guarantee you'll notice it's gone. I'm not sure why God put in an appendix, but I don't just remove it because I don't like it. Amen. We are all a part of the body and there is a participation expected. And in our faith, we have to activate our faith by our participation. So what does that mean? There's seven things that I wanna give you very quickly to to participate in our faith. Number one, you gotta feed your faith. One of the reasons that many people's faith is weak is because they simply do not feed it. And you say, how do I feed my faith? You feed it with the word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. There's no, there's no substitute for it. There's no bypass around it. G, you know, there, there's nothing you can do except the word. The word is what builds faith. The word is what causes that seed that has been placed in the heart of every man, every woman, every child, that measure of faith. That measure of faith. The word is what causes that caused that thing to mature. It's not that we need more faith. It's that we need to grow in our faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it's the word of God that causes that growth. The second thing is you need to exercise your faith. Exercise. Sometimes our faith is weak. It can't lift much. Why? Because we've just never exercised it. I, you know, just recently, last week, I made a commitment to go back to the gym. And I did, I did pretty good this week. I, I went every day with the exception of two. So that, in the, you know, I, I, and I am actually planning on going today. So the reality is, is I'm doing pretty good. One day was circumstantial. The other day, I'm not sure why. I just didn't go. But I got back in the gym and I'm going with Andy. Now Andy, he's kind of keeping it, nice on me, we, he goes, I don't wanna work you out too hard, you know, I don't want you all sore and all of that. But see, something about me, you know, I wanna get in, I wanna lift, I wanna, I wanna take the whole machine, pick it up. Ah, I wanna tattoo the beast right here. And that's I, I, what I wanna do, I wanna, I wanna I, what I want is I wanna be able to walk in a room and I want people to go, whoa, that dude's big. They do that now, but for a very different reason. I, I wanna do it, I want them to see, I want them to see me. I, 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 I want I don't want a keg no more, I want a six pack. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I wanna go, but I gotta exercise. Now, I have found sitting at the gym, watching other people work out, is not exercise. You could go, you, see, and do you understand this is a gym? I know you thought it was church, but this is a gym for faith. And you could sit here and watch me exercise my faith, and it will do nothing for you. Come on. You've got to enter in. You've got to step into the fray. You've got, to get, you've got to get on the machine. You've got to begin to curl, and you've got to, you've got to begin to lift. You've got to exercise. You've got to embrace the pain. Right? Right. <laughs> And you know what you gotta do? Is you gotta resist falling into a routine and a rut. The worst thing you can do is to fall into a routine and rut. Because you know why? It happens, you can ask any any trainer. Andy actually went, how many classes? You took a bunch of classes. I paid for them all, that's why I know he took them. So he took a bunch of classes on, on being a personal trainer. And one of the biggest things that happens to people is they just get into a routine. And when they get into a routine, they never stretch themselves. They never get out of it, and so what happens? The body gets used to it, and nothing changes. And we wonder, why isn't anything changing? Look at I'm going to the gym every day doing this. Sometimes you gotta add a little more weight. Sometimes you gotta do a little extra, different exercise. And you know what, I'm convinced that's why God allows some of the stuff to come into our lives, because it it changes up the routine. Are you hearing me? You gotta exercise your faith. What's the third thing? You gotta declare your faith. You gotta speak it. Declare it. The Bible says this that the power of life and death are in the tongue. And if that's true, we need to speak our faith. We need to speak His Word. (coughs) When you get a word, speak it. Say it. Look at your kids. I don't care if they're six months old or 65. Look at them and speak over them. You're blessed. You're a mighty man, you're a mighty woman, you're great, you're good, you're this, you're that. Why, because we are speaking faith. We are acting, the Bible says in Romans chapter uh, uh, four, it says that God spoke those things that were not as though they were. That was an exercise of faith, it was a demonstration of what we're to do. Speak, this. see this building is filled three times. Did you know we have three services? And we have 500 in each service? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, When is that? It's out there a little ways. I'm not sure it could be tomorrow, but it's coming. Yeah. 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 Then there's a new building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure where the new building is, but I know this one can't hold what God wants to do. Then you gotta free your faith. Now, this one's got a little controversy on it, because this is where Kathy's gonna take me to task. This is the controversial one. Free your faith from the negative. See, the problem with me is it's really easy to be negative. Well, once again, maybe I'm the only one. (laughs) I have just found that being negative goes a lot easier with my personality. Do you know how we know that? Do you know how that being negative is easier for humanity? Is you can be driving down I-40, heading towards California. You are in the westbound lane and there's an accident on the eastbound lane. Westbound lane is completely free, but the traffic will slow down. Why? Because everybody wants to see the negative. What's going on? What's going on? It's down to 30 miles an hour. So it's none of your business. Move on. If you end up on the front page of the newspaper, it's probably not good news why because because negative cells we like the negative we can complain we we live at the complaint department we love complaining it's true I I do I don't know about you. I, I guess maybe I'm talking to me in this place, but you know what? Somewhere along the line, it's very easy for me. It's it's look it, I'm not sure. There's probably about 180 people in this room right now, and it's easier for me to see the empty seats than the full ones. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, really awesome. Why is it easy? It's like, well, why is that? Why is there three chairs right there? How come? How come you people in the back row ain't on the front row? Because you like the back row. Is, is, is it any more spiritual up here than there? No. Same God, God. God lives all the way in the back just like he lives in the front. But why? Because see, something gets on side of us. We gotta set ourselves free from that. We gotta resist negative and go, no, I'm not going there. You know, the glass is either half full or half empty. It's your choice. You gotta believe for the impossible. Believe for the impossible. This is where that sanctified imagination comes in is we begin to believe what we see. It's like, you know what, God? I can see you doing awesome things. God will put it into your mind. Now, that, that, look, at. I know that the New Ager people and all of that, have taken that and whacked that out. But I, look, at. I'm talking about something that we do in partnership with the Father where we get his word and we begin to see what he can do. We begin to believe in our mind, in our mind's eye. We begin to see, we could see hundreds, if not thousands, of people coming to church and being saved and set free in homes and marriages and kids and lives being changed. We could see vitality and life and the supernatural moving of God touching and changing life. We could see that. We got to believe the impossible. The sixth thing, we need to share it with others. You need to go on record. You need to go on record. You need to tell somebody, this is what I'm believing God for. See, I'm believing God for 1,500 people. 1,500, 500 500 in every service. We'll have to add another service and I'm not sure when we'll do that, but 1,500. Yes, I like your belief system, brother. Why stop at five? Let's go 10,000. Is God not able? No, he is more than able. Look, he says this, I'm gonna use another verse uh, that I used last, or a couple of weeks ago, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to make all grace abound. If you go look up that word abound, it means to come at you in increasing levels of more. I increasing levels of more and more. It's like he abounds towards you and the f- more he comes at you, the more comes with it. The seventh thing, and I bring this to a close, and Jason can come. You need to discuss your faith with God in heaven, with your heavenly father. You need to talk to him about what you're believing. You need to talk to him. Let him stir you. Let let him get on the inside. That's how we activate faith. Talk to him. Have a conversation. Sit down at a table with paper and pen in hand. Be alone alone be quiet, and then begin to talk to him about what you're believing. And say, Father, this is what I'm believing for. I'm believing you for this. I don't know how this is gonna happen. I'm not really sure what the mechanics are, but I know you do. I can see the finished product, but I cannot see the journey. Will you lead me on the journey? Will you show me step by step? Talk to him. See, active faith, Activating faith for miracles is a mixture of three things. Number one, keen anticipation for what has been promised. Number two, an unyielding expectation for what I have faith for will come to pass. And number three, a devoted participation in the exercise of faith. If you'll get that, if that, 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 if you'll begin to do that, you will begin to see result. Let me just share something with you. Please don't dive off into the deep end. And when I say that, listen to what I'm saying. When I go to the gym, it is my nature to want to do everything at once. But what I've learned is it's not a 1,000 pounds all at once. It's 10 pounds every day. It's me coming into a place where what I do is say, you know what, God, I'm gonna do this. I, you know, I, I don't know if I could believe you for a car, but I can believe you for some socks. And then I begin to exercise because it is all about growth. Everything that we see in the Bible, he says first the blade, then the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. He, he shows us that's how faith works. It's a growth. It's a process. He talks when the disciples, the disciples looked at him and they were afraid in the boat and he goes, man, how do you have so little faith? Once again, it wasn't so much a rebuke as he was looking at them and saying, look guys, the problem here is your faith has not grown. It's it's immature. You have the ability, the measure of faith that's in you can handle this problem. The the seed of faith, the muster seed of faith can move move any mountain. But you haven't grown in it. You haven't exercised it. You're You're not familiar with this weapon. You haven't wielded it. That's the problem with Christians is they're just not wielding the weapon. You know, you have it. You have it in your arsenal. It's there right now. Every one of you. If you're saved in this place, then I guarantee you there's a measure of faith in you. And the truth is, My suspicion is that even if you're not saved, the measure of faith is in you. See, a lot of times we look at some of this stuff as like it's all Christian, but this is humanity. This is what God did for man. We have that. And when we engage it, it works. When we use it, the only reason we're not seeing it is not, we're not using it. We're not, we're, not, we're not doing these things. We're not participating. We're not anticipating, expecting. I'm expecting next week to, for more people to be here than there are now. So how's that going to happen? I don't know. Ain't my problem. So the Bible says God draws them. In fact, the Bible says, except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. Building this church is not my problem. I could say that with more confidence today than I've ever been able to because I'm more convinced that I can't build it. I've tried. And church, I don't know what you're believing God for. I don't know what uh, uh, you want from him, but I could tell you that he has it. And I could tell you that he'll deliver it. But he says the way that way to activate that is through faith. You're going to have to do it. It's a faith walk. Amen. Why don't you bow your heads with me for a moment? Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. And Father, we pray today, God, that your hand would be upon us. Father, we pray that you would minister to us. and Lord, that you would keep us reminded, God, of this truth. Father, we we ask that as we go from this place, Lord, that your spirit would gently bring us this, this truth back to us over and over again. Help us to participate in our faith. And we give you the glory for it. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your savior, you're not right with God, but you would like to be. If that's you, would you lift your hands? Would you lift it up real quick? You lift up, amen, I see that hand. Someone else, you want Jesus. Amen, I see that one. Someone else. Praise God. Would you all pray with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before you go, I'm gonna ask first, before you stand up, before you, because every time I say stand up, you don't hear stand up, you hear run for the door. (laughs) So before you stand, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up. Could our prayer team come up real quick? Our prayer team is here for you. And the reason it's here for you is because if you have a need, You always can't get to me, but you can always get to them. And they will pray and believe God with you. If you gave your life to Christ, if you raised your hand for the first time, those that you did, come on up and share with them. Let them pray with you. Let them know that you gave your life to Jesus. Now, just before we go, I want to tell you about a change we're going to make. Here coming up in the next few weeks, we're going to make a little bit of a change. And that change is going to be this is at this point in time in the service, I'm gonna walk off stage and somebody's gonna come up and just very quickly close in prayer. And the reason that we're doing that is so that I can get back to the back door to shake your hand. Amen. Amen. Part of the problem, part of the problem is, 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 when, is when I say stand and we all start leaving, you guys are quick. And by the time I get to the stairs, a quarter of the church is gone. By the time I get to the front, three quarters of the church is gone. I wanna shake your hand. I wanna get to know you. I wanna see you. I wanna I want to celebrate with you. And so the only way to do that is for somebody to come up. It'll probably be a, a person, one of our hosts or somebody else that will come up and they'll close in prayer. They, they may have a little word of encouragement or something, but it'll be very quick. It won't take long. And believe it or not, I have now... If you were in first service, you would have loved me. I only preached 35 minutes. I am eight minutes over in this one, but you guys got the deluxe. It's like a hamburger deluxe. You got deluxe version today. Okay, so I do have a timer now. And so, I mean, look at the TV right there. It's a great big, see, it says negative 813. And so I got a timer now. And you say, why is that? Let me tell you what I wanna do is I wanna shorten up a little bit of the messages, just a little, so that I can minister to you so that we can set time for God to move. Amen? And so before before I preach and after I preach, I want to make sure God gets his say. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so please, we'll let you know when we're going to start that. We'll make sure, but I wanted to let you guys know that this was happening, okay? So now you can stand. If you need prayer, come on up, and they will pray for you. God bless you.